And now, another cup of... The London Fog. And we're back. Again. Finally. Again. <laughs> we're here again, guys. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah, two weeks. I think that's good. Yeah. You guys, you don't need more than that. <laughs> we got a little bit uh, thrown off by a little, I don't know. Life happens. <laughs> yes. But now we're, now we've returned. And we are back. And you can hear the small children running through my hallways of my apartment complex. I'm in the middle of a move, actually. Actually, we both are. Yeah. <laughs> Leah moves away in two weeks. Less than that. One week from tomorrow. Oh. I oh. Really... I guess a week and a half. Yeah. One week from tomorrow is my last day at work. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And I move... Literally, I think like three days before you, and I'm homeless for two weeks um, until I move into my next place. So I'm actually moving in with our good old friend Mike, who I don't think listens to the podcast, but now that he's been mentioned, I'll tell him he has to listen. <laughs> no, then he'll think you mentioned more than that about him and he'll be sad. I know. Well, then he'll have to like listen through all of the episodes and be like, oh my gosh, what did they say about me? And it'll just be this tidbit. Ha ha ha, Mike. <laughs> So yeah, we're both in the middle of moves, and we're still loving all things British, though. Yes. So let's see, what has happened since we last spoke? Well? Oh yeah, baby Archie got christened. Yes. So that's pretty exciting. Um, the family has been called to go to South Africa? Yes, they're doing a tour. Tanzania and some other, a couple of other southern African countries, I believe. Yeah, so the whole family's going to go to South Africa. And then just, um, just Harry is going to some of the other countries. Right. Because baby's still so young. But I, I don't think that'll be until like September, October. Today. Yeah, it was later. They just like announced it, which I was super excited for, seeing that South Africa is one of the few places that I've also been to and it's beautiful. Can you imagine that life, though, like, as a child, like, just knowing by the time you're, like, four or five, they're going to have gone to all these, like, amazing places and never had any idea. They'll just be in, like, cool pictures, you know? Yeah, but I feel like they'll keep going. Oh, right? for sure. Like, Harry proposed to Megan in Africa. Like, they're, yeah. they're going to keep, they're going to get to keep going, so it'll be fine. Uh, so, yeah, those are the little tidbits I know of. Do you have any theories on uh, Archie's godparents and the scandal around it? Oh, I still secretly want it to be not the Clooney's. That would just be stupid. Um, but he was born on George Clooney's birthday, so I still think it could potentially be. Uh, oh shoot, her name slips her name. P- 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 what's her name? Clooney Pamal? No, Amal. Amal. Sorry, why a P <laughs> came in there? I don't know. Amal, maybe. Um, I think, though, just um, Megan's good, like, childhood friend that no one really knows, kind of like a non-celebrity, I think. So, this is my theory. They would choose somebody that's not really in the spotlight. So, every royal kid has, like, three sets. Um, I think that there's definitely a celebrity in there. And the reason is... Because they were like, we're not announcing the godparents because they're private citizens and we don't want them to be bothered. Okay, but Will and Kate announced all of their godparents for all their kids. Yeah. Plenty of them were private citizens. 
nobody bothered them. Right. So that's why I feel like one of them must be someone famous that like they true. think would be bothered, and true, that's true, why true. they're not. Well, I mean, it. she's an actress. I'm sure there has to be somebody more in the cinema film industry that's been called, you yeah. know, to take up the title. Um, he, on the other hand, I mean, I know that he's super associated with plenty of like celebrity figures, but but I think the theory for his friends is like there's one of his best friends i can't remember who mm-hmm. who's like older brother is what is like prince george's godfather so they yeah. think that like this guy who's friends with harry is yeah archie so i but think yeah. it'd be cute i don't know i hope that in like years to come they'll say or maybe even just in this year <laughs> they'll still let us know but it'll probably get leaked <laughs> at some point i'm Things sure we'll are find always out. leaked <laughs> But it is kind of surprising seeing that they had the christening, but they did a really good job. I mean, the pictures that I've only seen have just been ones that, like, were strategically, you know, them walking out and being like, here's us with baby. But I haven't seen any, like, just, like, people coming in and out of the church or anything. Well, that's because they didn't allow press there. Mm -hmm. So, like, Will and Kate always allow press, but... I want to know. Since they didn't allow any (laughs) press and it was, like, on a private property it's pretty easy to was it in england yeah 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 yeah. it was at um the windsor chat windsor castle private chapel so that's why it's like easy to keep people out true the one thing i thought was interesting is that in like the released official photo um they both of princess diana's sisters were in the photo oh yeah 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 which i feel like i mean maybe they were at all of the christenings for like Will and Kate's kids, but yeah. they've never been in like the official royal photo before. You yeah. Know? So. Oh, we'll have to post the christening like picture because it's so damn cute. Yes. Oh. And today Archie made another appearance. Oh, did he? Tell me more. Yes. Um. So William and Harry were playing in a charity polo match, like they often do. As they often do. Um, So Kate brought all of their kids out to watch, and Megan brought Archie out to watch. Okay. They all watched the polo game together. It was adorable. I love it. (laughs) So, yeah. But that's the only only news. Last couple of days. Oh, but we're super excited to talk about our episode today, because we're celebrating... One year! year. Yeah. (laughs) One year of the podcast being up, guys. So we didn't do a super, super special episode like we said we were going to. We decided to go back to our roots because our first episode was a cup of British romance. Yes. And we've covered a couple of romances since this time. And we figured, I don't know, we could have picked us. We were discussing like special topics of things, but I think it's kind of fun to maybe like come back to where it all began yeah so yeah we decided to do another romance romance although mine get a little berry white in here i hate to tell you guys but (gasps) i did not know how to pronounce it (laughs) are we surprised it's gonna be just like the battles of all the places that you never can say this is so much worse so so much worse oh no i don't know why i picked it um Do you want me to go first? I I do. I think I went first last time. I don't think it really particularly matters, but okay, you go first this time. So this is like not a great epic romance, but just okay, I, perfect. I just thought because mine ends on I think a kind of a positive note from something bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I was trying to look up Scottish romance stories because, you know, a lot of people are catching up on Outlander now that it's on Mm, Netflix mm -hmm. in the U.S. So I was like, okay, what's something Scottish? So I found this story about, oh man, let me spell her name for you first. Okay. D-E-R-V-O-R-G-U-I-L-L-A. Dervor, and then I've already lost the rest of it. Dervorgia. Yeah, that's how we're going to say it. Okay, that's how you spell it in Latin. <laughs> oh, no. In Gaelic, oh, geez. let's just spell it because it's amazing. In Gaelic, it's D-E-A-R-B-H-F-H-O-R-G-H-A-I-L-L. No. <laughs> anyway, we don't speak Gaelic, so sorry. I know. You came to the wrong podcast. I also don't speak Latin. So anyway, this lady, Devorgia. <laughs> yeah, Devorgia. That's what we're going to call her. <coughs> and oh, we're going to say it very romantic. That yes. way it seems like a great romance. So. Also, she, Leah's dying of yeah, the plague. Sorry about that. It's called this pregnancy, cough. so. <laughs> yes. I'm so sorry. Um. So she was born... In the year 1210. So she's... Going back to the old times. Yes. Scottish from Galway. Um, And she is... So she is the great-granddaughter of King David I. I don't know my Scottish kings that well. But she's also the mother of King John I. So just... For those who do know their Scottish history. So, anyway. She married into an English family, even though she's Scottish. um, Because she, when she was, so, anyway, you know, her her family was, like, related to the king. I just said her great-grandfather. So, they, like, were trying to you know, make her worthy of, like, an English nobleman. So she had a lot of education, and she married John, the fifth baron of Balliol, who was an English nobleman who ruled from Barnard Castle in County Durham. So he, so at the time that they were married, he was 15 years old, and she was 13 years old. So... Even though it sounds disgusting that she was 13, like, at least he was only 15, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it's back in the day that, like, she could get married off to a 60-year-old and be yeah, just barely 13, having her first period. Be, so like, you know. totally fine. Yeah. So they... And I guess she was, like, deeply in love with him, as only a 13-year-old yeah, can be. Especially if he's 15. I don't think a, a 13-year-old girl's going to be like, mm, grandpa, you're old age. Like, yeah. 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 So, so that's fair. So she was deeply in love with him. They got married. They had many children. They had um, five sons, one of which was John, who would later become okay. King of Scotland. And also five daughters. Wow. Yeah. It was crazy. All without an epidural. Yeah. Dang, girl. I know. So her hmm. father died without a son, without a legitimate son. And so she and her sisters inherited all of his estates. So her and John, wait, was that her husband's name? It could be. Forgot. Yes, yes, sorry. Her son was also John, so I also got John. John and John Jr., as we will now call yes. them. Yes. So her and John um, became super wealthy. 
because it's like he was already wealthy. They inherited all this money. So anyway, when they got all this money, they started to, her husband, John, started to, um, I don't know. It, It was like a wealthy landowner wants to like take over more land, right? Yeah. So he got into some land disputes with the Bishop of Durham where they lived and he lost the dispute. So it was settled. So what did he lose? <laughs> this is what's kind of funny. It was settled in 1263. So his penance was he had to provide funds for poor scholars to attend the University of Oxford. Okay. So. Um, Very philanthropy. Yes. I mean, he was forced into it. He was it. forced so, to become a philanthropist. Not really. <laughs> so... Anyway, so this was, like, really expensive to found this college for the poor at the University of Oxford. Um, He dies while this is happening. And so Devorgia has to finish this foundation for him. So she established a permanent endowment for the college in 1282. Okay. Which the college still has the name Balliol College after them. Okay. And the... There's a history student society of the college called the Devorgia Society. Um, anyway, so anyway, so that's like kind of their legacy. But this is the weird part of their romance story, which is okay. why I picked it. So when he died, Devorgia was like super, super sad. Um, and so she had his heart embalmed. Like, taken from his chest and embalmed. And she kept it in a casket of ivory and silver. Oh, no. So, at that time, it wasn't actually that weird to remove someone's heart from their body. Like, um, King Bruce's heart had been taken out of his body and taken to the Holy Land. You know, like, people did that. So it wasn't, like, super, super weird. Okay. But, like, still pretty weird, right? So she, for the rest of her life, travels with this mini casket with his heart everywhere she goes. Oh, she takes it with? She takes it with her wherever she goes. It's not like it's just, like, sitting in her, like, dining room like an urn. It's It goes with her when she travels. Huh. Yeah. Super, super weird. So... Anyway, so that's, like, this really weird thing she does. So, with all her money before she dies, she decides that she's going to build a an abbey um, seven miles south of Dumfries. Um, and she's going to... And so she builds this abbey okay. for the monks or whatever. She has her husband reburied there and continues on with her life. So then when she dies, she gets buried in that abbey. Mm-hmm. And they bury the casket with his heart. Oh. With, like, on her heart. With so her she's, hands like, holding it? The oh, chest. Like, that's how she's buried. So, so romantic. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so anyway, so people start, um, the monks start calling the abbey uh, Dulce Cor. Which meet, which is Latin for sweetheart. Okay. Because it was founded by her, like, in tribute to her beloved husband. So, um, anyway, so they start calling it that. They start calling it the Sweetheart Abbey. And so now, they're actually, the abbey has still stands. It's 
it's ruins now, but you can still go there. Um, and people just call it the Sweetheart Abbey, like from the 1200s when she died. Like yeah. that just became its name. So anyway, that's my I like it. <laughs> crazy romance story. It's I don't know. Kind of gross. It's gross. But you know, kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> kind of cool. Back to the old days. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's kind of funny. And actually, if she hadn't supposedly, if she hadn't died before um before the Royal House of Scotland because the Royal House of Scotland, like, didn't have okay. enough male heirs, and that's why oh, her okay. son became king. Okay. But if she hadn't died, supposedly she would have become queen, because she's, like, closer, oh. you know? So. Damn, girl, you were so close. I know. All right. Well, this is about, my romance is about a woman that would want to be queen, and I thought it was just too good of a wonderful romantic scandal. I kind of mesh those two together and we all know a decent amount about this, but I thought I'd get a little bit more detail oriented. I am talking about Wallace Simpson um, and Edward the, which number was he? The seventh? Fifth? Third? I don't know. Too many. Too many. Um, I really don't remember. Well, I guess he's not really because he's just Eight. Edward. Sorry, I looked it. But Eight. like it doesn't count because that wasn't his like king name. Right. right? So, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) So, to start things off with, let's just get to know her a bit. I feel like he's a little bit more known because it's just in connection with the royal family. I don't know. I know a lot about how much I hate her. Oh, yeah. No. (laughs) Just such an interesting woman, though. Um, She grew up, she was born in uh, Maryland, Pennsylvania, like a cohorting border in Blue Ridge. She was an only child. Her parents had a eh marriage. Soon they would divorce and her mom would uh, start dating other men. Her father ended up dying of tuberculosis not long after. And so she lived with her mom and her aunt in a four-story row house. I think just kind of like a small condo or something is what we think of now. And they all shared it. And she was just kind of figuring out her life. But she was going right along. She was always seen as bright and brilliant and head of her class. But it's like she always knew a bit about how pretty she was. Uh, I don't think she was that pretty. I don't think she was that pretty. Anyway. But it's kind of... She knew she was pretty and she knew that all she had to do was to, quote, bat her violet blue eyes and petite figure and have a quick wit. And she would be sure to call in any of her admirers. Um, So, so when was she born? She was born in June of 1896. And so she got married in April of 1916 so she's 20 her first marriage is to earl winfield spencer who is a a u.s navy aviator and was a part of the uh navy they did a quite a bit of traveling around he was gone quite a bit and like a pilot i 
dated a pilot. They liked to drink a bit. Um, he was a heavy drinker. He'd often kind of get stationed somewhere and instead of coming home would drink instead. So this led Miss Wallace to have many uh, a lonely night. Um, so she started having many little affairs on the side with many of their friends. Um, and then decided, well, if her husband was traveling the world, being a part of the Navy, uh, she would also start traveling the world. So it seems like she went everywhere. She did a major tour while she was in China. And that was where she decided that she wasn't really in love with her husband and that she was going to seriously start dating other men. Mind you, <laughs> she's still married. So apparently during her time in China, while she's, you know, now about 23, 24, uh, the only, or her friend said the only thing she managed to master in Chinese was, boy, pass me the champagne. <laughs> so uh, anyway, her philanderings and adultery uh, got back to her husband. They were barely seeing each other anyway. And Wait, which husband was this? The very first okay. one. The We'll call him the Navy guy. Um, Spencer. She got divorced in December 10th of 1927. So now she's about 30. And she's all like, no worries. No big deal. I'm going to... Uh, just marry one of these other guys. <laughs> so she scrounges up the guy that makes the most money, which his name is Ernest Simpson. And he was a sh shipping executive. And he divorced his wife, wife, Dorothea, to marry Wallace. And they got married July 21st of 1928. And what started out is pretty good, decent um, marriage. They temporarily set up a home. Uh, in the United States, but, or I'm sorry, they t set up a home in England, but she would often travel back to the United States because her mother had gotten older and older and started not to be um, quite as healthy. So after the Wall Street crash, her mother died penniless and she decided America's not the place to be during, obviously, the 1930s. She moves back over to England to now be back with her husband. But that's when she starts to make a good friend through other friends named Thelma Lady Furness, who at the time is Edward's mistress, who at the time he's Prince of Wales. Um, on the 10th of January of 1931, Wallace is introduced to Edward at a party at Borough Court. At the party, they get to know each other pretty well. And not long after, Thelma, the mistress, is called away where she ends up starting to have a different relationship somewhere else. But also just visiting her mom. That's where Wallace sneaks in and decides that she can now take over the spot for Thelma being Edward's mistress. And so she does. Uh... Good idea. Yeah, yeah, girl. Um, so she just sneaks her way into his pants, and so begins their love affair. So this starts in about mm, 1931, 
32. So she's only been married to Simpson for the last three years, maybe. Um, they're still married, doing their thing. Uh, Edward said to his father, King George V at the time, that no, he was not having um, any relationships with her, though the staff had other things to say, saying that they'd seen them in bed and there was evidence of physical sexual acts <laughs> in the room. Ew. Um, so soon Wallace completely overtakes like Thelma. She's now going with Edward to royal events as his mistress, but he's saying, no, she's not my mistress. Well, what they used to do, because... Like, people wouldn't dare to upset the queen and, like, invite her to stay, like, yeah. at the same place. So it, she would, like, like, one of his buddies who would maybe, like, live down the street from, like, wherever this royal event was would invite her to stay there. And then she'd, like, right. sneak over. Have a little, or, you know, the after cap party was always somewhere somewhere else that yeah. she would be waiting. And so she got to be seen as, like, the party hostess to everything Edward ever did. Uh, by the end of 1934, Edward was, quote, slavishly dependent on her and couldn't even make up his mind of what to wear, where to go, what parties to attend, how to outfit a room without her opinion. Uh, so it was quite obvious, and he started to tell people that he had fallen in love with her by that summer. Uh, at an evening party... He introduced her to the Queen Mother, which is, you know, Queen Mary, which outraged many a person, uh, especially seeing that not only was it the mistress, you know, but that's been like through British history left and right. Yeah. It was more the fact that she's still married and... Uh, and also a suspected Nazi. <laughs> and also possibly a Nazi. We'll get there. Um... He had showered her with a lot of money and jewels, and there's been plenty of random um, accusations that the Windsor family has tried through the years to go and steal them back. I don't believe that is true, but some people believe it. <laughs> they have sent spies to go and get back the jewels that I he's mean, given her. I feel like if it was like that important of a jewel, her like he wouldn't have access to it to just right. give it to her, you know? He was only at this time Prince of Wales. But on January 20th of 1936, George V dies at Sandringham, and Edward ascends to the throne as King Edward VIII. Um, he ended up breaking what is called, like, the royal protocol by watching the proclamation of his ascension from a window at St. James Palace in the company of the still-married Wallace. Just can't believe that she's married this entire time. Uh, after that came out, she was heard to be saying on the streets and reported in uh, magazines saying that soon I will be Queen of England. <laughs> uh, so crazy. Anyway, so the monarch of the United Kingdom now sees Edward. is coming up. He's now king. Uh, but they know that he's so attached to her. And... He tries to say, you know, well, we have to re... You know, she has to become my wife. Well, constitutionally, that's not possible because he's the head of a church of England and they disapprove on, you divorce. know, divorce, let alone 
you sleeping with a person that's still married and trying to get them their divorce and whatever. So while they're especially still alive, that was a big point. If they had like both been, you know, killed off, I guess it would be different. But uh, so he doesn't know what to do. The government won't budge. It puts the whole monarchy into major crisis. And that's where he decides that he just can't do it. He doesn't want to be without her. And he says that he... I'm sorry, I'm trying to find the quote. Uh, His abduction from the throne came in the December... uh, December of 1936 and he says that he couldn't do his duty without the woman that he loves Uh, so he leaves the throne and at this time they leave for Paris or France maybe not Paris yeah I think they were like really big in the Nazi scene in Paris oh yeah so that's (laughs) where this kind of comes in they kind of get over there and, uh, you know, they still have a decent amount of English, sim- you know, a decent amount of th- sympathy. I mean, obviously we see now, and uh, a huge kind of correlation that's come up is, I mean, Wallace Simpson and Meghan Markle are not too crazy different. Both Americans, both divorcees. It's now just a different time, you know? Well, I don't think that's as much of a correlation because um, Prince Harry's not like for sure going to be king. I think right. a bigger deal is oh, when for Charles sure. married Camilla because yeah. her ex-husband is still alive. Right. So this is where... But they didn't, they didn't get married in the church. So Right. Everything <laughs> has just been kind of this flip, flip it on its head. So they had a, quite a bit of English support still coming from uh, England, but they also had quite a bit of support coming from Germany. And this is when Adolf Hitler was at his prime and uh, they went and visited Germany quite a few times. There's many pictures of the Duke and Duchess of Windsor um, with Adolf Hitler. Yeah, I feel like I've seen, like, like Adolf Hitler had that, like, mountain retreat, Eagle's Nest. Mm-hmm. And, like, they went up there and hung out with him. And just had a nice, close, tight relationship. Um, and have been heard that they... Uh, that they even knew that if they, that England was like overtaken, that Edward would come back and be raised up as king. Um, and they're so crazy, <laughs> right? I mean, Adolf Hitler said, Oh, Wallace Simpson, she would have made a good queen. Quoted in a journal, Ugh. just redonkulous, <laughs> this couple. So of course it's world war two. Things are going crazy. And to keep their names and faces kind of out of being associated with Nazis, <laughs> they decide that they're going to go and uh, to the Bahamas where the Duke was installed as governor. The thing that I can't seem to find out is what was he instilled by the British to be a governor or was he instilled by the Nazis to be a governor? The world may never know. Or somebody can email. Somebody knows for sure. (laughs) And we just don't. And somebody can let me know. Um, 
pretty I'm much pretty, the, no i think it, i think it was so i think it's the english the english wanted to get him away from mm-hmm. europe because they were like we don't want you dealing with right. the nazis so like because let's it, send you to the bahamas the bahamas it like, was you know a decent secret but obviously i mean the british government started to realize what edward was doing in france they go and they send him over, I personally think, over to um, the Bahamas and make him a governor, give him something. But they clearly, both uh, Wallace and Edward knew what this was. They even called it the time of their exile. Um, she hated Nassau so much, she called it our St. Helena, which if we know from history, that is in reference to Napoleon's final place of exile. Um, I don't know why she hates it. I like it there. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's not that bad. Um, She hated the people. She was so... She was just hypocritical of everything. And, uh, yeah, after the Nazis were defeated, the couple got to return to France. And that is where they finally kind of quieted down with the fact that they were never going to get the throne again. (laughs) What a bummer. Um, I like that it took them that long to figure it out. I know, but it's kind of just this interesting romance. Obviously, he couldn't, like, help the, but, like, be without her. But she's she's just a gold digger. I mean, not and not even just a gold digger. Like, she's just using him to climb to the top. I mean, she got divorced from that other guy at yeah, some point. I, see, I believe that he thought they were in love. Yeah. I think she was just like, cool, I can get the king of England. All of her... I feel like, no offense, who wouldn't kind of think that, right? right? <laughs> All of her pictures, her face usually would look like in pain. It's like something that she was like kind of known for. <laughs> um, anyway, so they go back to France. They live out the rest of their lives doing, you know, X, Y, and Z things. But pretty much still pretty living a, a, a quieter life. Um, Queen Elizabeth the second, of course, um, made it okay that they could kind of visit and kind of correlate a bit. And he would come, they both would come in and out of the country for their, um, surgeries and things. But for the most part, they lived in Paris until the Duke died in the 1970s. Uh, she's now a widow. She, after his funeral did have a stay at Buckingham palace because he is buried back with the family in England. Um, but after that, she started to suffer from dementia Mm -hmm. and started to live a life as a recluse. Uh, I think kind of the sad, like, turn of this is one of her French lawyers ended up pretty much stealing from her. So ended up selling items of the Duchess to her own friends at a lower than market value, like, price and just kind of robbed out her last bit. Um... And the lawyer has been called, let's name her, because it seems like a really petty thing to do to (laughs) steal from a woman with dementia, even though she could be, uh, well, was a Nazi sympathizer. Um, Suzanne Bloom, if you're listening, you suck. Um, (laughs) You have been called a satanic figure wearing the mantle of good intentions to disguise her inner, (laughs) inner, uh, I'm sorry, malevolence? Am I saying that right? Malevolence? Malevolence? I don't know. I keep thinking of Maleficent. I know, that's what I thought too. (laughs) Anyway, by the 1980s, uh, she lost her ability to speak. And so the last six years of her life, um, she didn't speak. And on April 
1986, she died. That's funny because she was born in 1896. Right? So it's kind of it like... It just seems kind of like... Nice rounded. I don't know. <laughs> um, she... Interesting facts about them. You know, they... They loved the dependence that Edward had on her and she loved that. She definitely wanted to be in control. She had a love of pugs. A love of pugs. You know what I think is funny about royalty and just rich people in general is that they always have like a specific kind of dog. It's like the queen, corgis, her yeah. sister, dachshunds, Wallace Simpson, pugs. It's like yeah. you you can only be into one kind of dog. One thing. I mean, and so much to the fact, not only just real pugs, but she would get like pillows because like stuffed animals weren't like huge but pillows that would almost be like hand painted with pictures of pugs on them <laughs> and they said that her place was covered in them this happens when you get old yeah um so i do agree i think edward was much more in love with her than she was there is numerous uh accounts of her cheating on edward um yeah <laughs> with uh everybody from other nazis to um, people that worked within the Metropolitan Police. I mean, okay. Of course <laughs> she cheated on him. Oh, yeah. Like, I think that's got to be evident. I feel like you must know if somebody, like, cheated to be with you, they are going to cheat on you. Yeah. FYI, anyone listening, if you didn't know that, <laughs> that's how the world works. That's how it goes. Um, so, Yes. Edward denied that they had uh, affairs, of course, throughout it, but they were caught in the act multiple times, and I think one of their, my most favorite things about them was they had a piece of their wedding cake that was 60 years old, and it went to auction, and it sold for just under $3,000. That's so nice. Disgusting. I wish that I could make that much off my wedding cake. A piece. Does anyone want to buy a piece of my wedding cake? I'll only charge you a hundred. There you go. (laughs) Perfect. So uh, that is my my romance. The the demise of Wallace and Edward. But you know what? We're all glad it happened because otherwise. Would we have Prince William? Well, this is this is where the shiny thing comes on top. We have the glimmer on top. Uh, at the time of Edward VIII, only firstborn males in a family would be king, no matter if there was even a woman who was born before him. But after Edward said bye-bye, and George VI was the head of the British Empire, and he had no sons, the monarch changed and said that a woman now could become the head monarch. And so Queen Elizabeth takes over. It really rewrites history and now has served as the longest British monarch. And I'm thinking now possibly the longest reigning monarch ever, right? Isn't that correct? I think I I read that like throughout history. Every other country, nobody has lasted as long as her. So I think that's just incredible. And... If they hadn't have met, we wouldn't have had, like, this yeah, major so change. thank you, Wallace, for being right? such an evil woman. Yeah, <laughs> you know, she's just kind of the worst. But, I mean, I guess it changed, like, history for the best. Because Queenie, too, she's she's amazing. <laughs> yeah, 
we definitely she's our favorite she's our favorite thank you wallace <laughs> so uh that is my romance and we are one year into Yay! the podcast and you guys have been great in case you haven't noticed, as a one-year celebration, we've kind of moved to every other week. <laughs> I know. I think life has just gotten a little crazy. I'm going through shifts with jobs, and Leah is moving, and it's just about to have a baby. So we'll probably have this just kind of pop up a little bit more sporadic, maybe every other week. We don't, we're not really sure what our we'll scheduling will out. be. It will be ex- an exciting adventure for you to find out. Yeah. When, when will they be back? But... Like we've always said, we'd rather have quality than the quantity, so we'd rather not just be meeting every week and putting out, you know, a 10-minute piece of crap for you guys to But next time I'll learn how to pronounce my name. Yeah, we'll work on that. Names, me, I'll figure out how to say malevolence. Ah, I did it! (laughs) Did you, though? Is she she right, guys? It took me a second. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we hope that you enjoyed it. And we're super looking forward to maybe being better at our accounts. Yes. I haven't been very good with the Instagram, so I'll work on that. Yes, we will all work on that. Cool. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers.